Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast. Joining me right now is Your Majesty Angela Magana. She will be fighting at Ryzen 12 on August 12th versus Kanako Murata. What's going on, Angela? Uh, nothing. I'm actually very impressed that you were able to pronounce my last name so well. Thank you. Well, you know, I grew up with uh, a lot of Mexicans that, you know, and they speak Spanish, so I'm kind of used to it a little bit. I can tell. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, before we get into the Ryzen talk, I wanted to ask you about, you know, being released by the UFC. You became somewhat of a controversial figure during your time with the promotion. Are there any regrets moving forward? No, 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 no regrets at all. Um, honestly, what's very interesting is when I was with the UFC and I had my last fight, um, I would have been getting ready for the Nationals to try to get onto the National Peak in Puerto Rico, excuse me. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to do that in the UFC um, to be on the national team and compete and try to go for the Olympics. And now um, I'm able to do that. Because they wouldn't even allow, like, um, Anderson Silva to compete in Taekwondo. Uh, they don't allow you. They didn't even allow people to do charity boxing matches. So um, I wasn't able to have that opportunity. And I just feel like uh, that's this is the last year that I could even go for it with my age. I mean, maybe I could do it. But I, I think this is the last feasible without having to do lots of um, extra stuff to keep myself young, you know. Uh, lots of treat, like lots, you know, lots of stuff they have to do when you get older as an athlete. So uh, I felt like that the window of opportunity was closing in on me, and I now I can do this. I could fight for Invicta. Um, I have a wrestling match in October, one in November, and the nationals in December. So then I get onto the team, and hopefully win the Pan Americans, win the Central Americans, and make it to the or not win, but get you know place and be able to go into Japan. So it's really interesting. Like I was having a practice and I was training and it's hardcore practice. It's hard, it's hard, it's very hard. The Olympic coaches and most of the people are on the national team that I train with. And I was thinking, I can train for a fight easy in this training. This is like this is the hardest part of an MMA training camp would be that type that wrestling, that hardcore training wrestling. And so I was thinking I could fight. I was telling my coach, I could do MMA after a really good couple nights of training, you know. And all of a sudden, I got the message, ding, uh, are you available? And so it was really awesome. And then I, in my mind, I'm thinking Japan, Japan, 2020, Japan, 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 Japan. And boom, Japan came. And guess who what it is? She's a wrestler. Like, what more? It's just, it's amazing that that's who I get to face. Somebody who is a high-level wrestler. She does MMA. I get to test out my wrestling against somebody who does MMA. And and on top of all of this, um, Japan is a dream. It's the birthplace of martial arts. Like, I may not be Japanese, but I have that samurai spirit in me. Uh, I have that Bushido spirit in me. And I just, I'm very happy to go to Japan and be able to compete there. 
really excited about that part. It's a dream. Definitely, um, most people, it is a dream for them to go to Japan. And luckily for you, you get to go to Japan, and maybe, like you said, in 2020, you'll go back as an Olympian, which is very exciting. Yeah, I have a, and I have a, I have a good, uh, I have a good chance. I mean, like for me, I was like, I was telling the team, the coaches, like, I, my dream is just to, okay, first to make it onto a national team, to do that, let alone at my age. I'm nearly 35 in less than a month and a couple, in like a week. Um, so to be able to be on a national team at 35, 36, and then to even make it to the Olympics, but they're like, Angela, we gotta. They're, like, already talking about um, me training different places. And even, like, if I win a couple, if I place in these tournaments, I'll get funded by the, the government, like, every month, thousands of dollars to be able to compete to do what I want, you know? And they're, like, telling me to think bigger, like, of going, like, um, to some other camps to train with some high-level women for to, to comp compete and place in the Olympics, I mean. So I'm like, well, that's awesome. And now that's my dream. But at first it was just even to have the opportunity to do what I'm doing. So... I feel completely happy and blessed, and and, and honestly, that's going to take more of a forefront for me in in 2019 and 2020. It's going to be my main thing will be that not fighting for a short period of time. Definitely. Um, now, this training camp, of course, you've been focusing on your wrestling, but this camp hasn't been without obstacles. You know, I heard that you lost some blood work that you were supposed to send to rise in. And then I, I saw no something idea. about a coach, one of your coaches, that fell in love with the hooker and had some mouth sores. Is that no, true? No, no, that was the training partner. That oh, was the training, training partner. partner. No, no, not even a training partner. He's too big for me. I have a boxer. Um, I uh, have a boxing gym and I, and I manage boxers and I have we have I coach and I have another coach, the best coach in the island actually, Miguel Cotto's old team. His his the main coach over there. Uh, I have him now, but. This guy, like, he moved from the hills. I thought he was, like, this guy. He's just 22. I thought he was this, um, I thought he was, like, a really good guy. I probably, like, would almost hook up one of my younger friends with him. Like, I thought he was a really decent guy. And all of a sudden, he moves from the hills to the city. And he comes to the gym with this, like, shit on his face. And then, I, like, I can tell, like, something's going on. I'm, like, looking at his, and he's got these sores in his mouth. And I'm, like, and I know that he likes these hookers. So I'm like, oh, come on. I know what his, and I kicked him out. Tell him he got rid of that shit. Oh, it was my coach. It was one of my boxers. And um, although boxing is a part of mixed martial arts and everything, it's not really a martial art. You know what I mean? And it, I don't know. He's just, yeah, it was gross. Yeah. And uh, I don't want that in my gym. Like, because you can get, like, honestly, I've heard of the Matt Herpes. You know, I've heard of people, I've seen it on The Ultimate Fighter. It was the first place I ever seen that stuff years ago. But the guy got kicked off because he had herpes on his skin. So I'm afraid that, like, that if that touches the pad or you sweat that on my mat, uh, mm -mm, you're out. So, like, I don't, like, I'm not cool with that stuff in my gym. <laughs> so I kicked him out. Um, But even worse is I have this, uh, I have a blood disease where I have to get, uh, 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 transfusions mm -hmm. and so I was going to I was going back and forth with my insurance uncovering it and they took up like a couple they took over the usually it's like within a day and it took like seven days eight nine days nine days for them to get it and then um 
so I wasn't able to get what I, the treatments that I need, which takes me almost six hours sitting in a chair, which is shitty to do. And before they can give me my treatments, they give me like Benadryl to make sure that the, I don't react to the other person's blood. Um, in case, I guess there's just different reactions that could happen. Uh, so I'm really drowsy. So now I have to do that during like prime training camp when I've lost that. And then DHL to get my Japanese visa for some reason, they have to send it here. Well, it got here a week and a half ago, but um, they never called me. And I called them and like, we don't have the right number. And I was like, can I change it? They're like, no, security purposes, this and that. And then I told them I was, and I had to be in one place for nine hours. I'm like, I can't do that right now. And I have all these medicals to do, brain scans, like all this stuff they want you to do. And um, so I tell them to come between eight and five at my doctor's office. My doctor says, we'll take it. Well, they delivered at seven, and they told me to be there between eight five. So I still haven't gotten my visa. So I'm having like, huge problems getting stuff delivered here. Um, it's just, it's always like this in different fight camps. So there's always lots of obstacles. Really, it's just part of it. Do you manage yourself, or do you have someone helping you out with all of these things? Yeah, yeah, I have somebody helping me out. I have a manager, but those are the things that still like they can't go to the doctor for me, and they can't, um, you know, sign for me. Well, I did that. I did. I did have put it to where somebody else could sign for me. But it's not even. It's not even stuff out of our. It's stuff out of our hands. It's just stupid things they have to do. I think it is like. So then I had to get a referral to go back to my hematologist, right? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I didn't realize every visit I have to have one. So then I had to go back and get five referrals for all the transfusions and all the stuff I needed. And then they put the wrong treatment number of what I needed. So then I had to go back. Uh, you can only go between certain hours. And it's just. It's been a headache. The best part is training. The best part is being in the gym, like training and getting ready for this. So I'm just super excited. I can't wait to get on that plane and get to Japan. Um, and uh, it's, it's just a dream come true. With the blood disease that you're dealing with, you have to get treatment. When you were diagnosed, what did you find out that was not really normal in your life because of your blood disease? I would say... Um, my uh, my training thus far, honestly, my, my MMA career, uh, it started with like heart um, heart pains. I was getting heart pains, and I guess pretty much my body didn't have enough blood. I thought my body was coping, and it, it made itself like enlarged and um, was doing some weird stuff, and it was all because I didn't have enough oxygen in my blood. So when they figured that out, it's, um, uh, I was able to start getting treatments, um, infusions of iron they had to start doing that and then also uh, uh red blood 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 cell treatments and whole blood so i uh i've been having to do all that and then with the ufc that was really horrible to deal with them with that um i wasn't able to get my iron i wasn't able to get they didn't approve the blood cell and it's like i needed this stuff and then they didn't give me answers it was horrible 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 like you still have to have the tues for these guys for certain things but I don't see why you should get one to have to have an IV of iron or to get treatment for a blood disease, a legitimate blood disease. I just don't understand. So it was hard. I couldn't even get my right treatments for my last UFC fight. But now that I have the treatments I need and I have electricity, I can cook whenever I want. I can sleep with the AC on. Um, I can sleep now and I, and I can eat. And, and, and whoo, look at that. I got muscles this time. I look, I, I'm holding my muscle. Last time, my day of my weigh-in, of my fight, they weighed us in. I was fully cold, fully hydrated. I had pretty much, my teeth were drowning. I was so hydrated. I was full of food. As soon as I got to the venue, they weighed us. I was just surprised. 
they've never waited like that before. And I was 117. I was like, oh my god. And even like the UFC guy was a really nice guy. Chinese and Puerto Rican. He was. It was funny. Um, he was like, oh, it's okay. Just you had a healthy weight, huh? Like you could tell, I like, kind of tripped out for a second. And uh, she weighed 132. Mm-hmm. I heard. So I lost a lot, and I don't ever weigh that light. I lost a huge amount of muscle during the hurricane. I didn't have electricity or water. And uh, for 62 days, right before, during the fight, like during the last part of my fight there. So um, now I have my blood diseases fixed. I have I have electricity. Um, do you know what's really, really weird about electricity? So the hard thing was cooking. But do you know what the worst part about ha- having electricity, honestly, is laundry. Especially if you're training, you're training twice a day. So you have all that laundry. I have three kids. Um, so it was just like that laundry took so much and I would rather, and I was talking to my daughter the other day, I would rather go without, um, I would rather go without water than electricity. Because I can figure out water. I can pop water in and I can get it in. But without not sleeping and, and not being able to eat, like, I remember getting hungry and crying. Because I was like, I have to go to the store. I have to sit in line for hours. It takes hours to get there. Then I have to buy the gas to even get to the store. And then I have to cook and I have to get cold. I have to turn to cold before I can even cook. And, oh. It was hell. It was hell. And I was getting ready for a fight. What's wrong with me? But, but, you know, though, I felt like I had the pride of Puerto Rico on my back. And I felt like being able to push through that and fight through that and getting onto that stage was winning enough, was to prove that. And no, that didn't put us down. Like, no matter what happened, I was screaming to the world that thousands of people were dying. And nobody believed me. Nobody believed me. I saw the people in the fucking street dying. I saw people dying. And nobody would believe me. Nobody would fucking believe me. And I just felt like I had to. I had to fight. Like I had to, to, to prove that, that 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 we that we could we could fight out of this. That there was, I um I played the anthem of, of Puerto Rico. Sorry, I can't believe I'm fucking crying. I played the anthem of Puerto Rico. Not not the one that they watered down. The one that talks about what 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 the people have gone through, and people I had. Handful of people tell me it made them cry. It brought them chills to, to hear that anthem and to know everything that we've been through as an island and, and the neglect that we've dealt with. To get onto that stage and to be able to, to, to even be there was a victory for us. So now I have electricity, I can eat, and everything is going right. And, and now I get to, to challenge myself. And, and now that I have my blood fixed and um, everything is going good, I, I just I'm, I'm just so happy, so excited, so happy to have electricity, so happy to, to be able to live my dream. I get to live my dream. I get to go to Japan. I get to fight. I mean, UFC is one thing. It's a pinnacle, but I didn't get to go to Japan. That's like, people, you can get buried in their deeds in Japan. Samurai, you know. I want to be buried in my game one day. <laughs> you said that you were screaming and telling people what was going on during the hurricane. And nowadays, it's hard to believe what the news portrays on TV, right? In your eyes, really has the re- region recovered? Not at all. Um, all the people in my neighborhood's houses who have blown away are still not rebuilt. They still wait every day. This guy comes every day. I buy his dog food every month. Um, he comes every day. He's, like, camped out somewhere. He comes every day just, like, waiting because FEMA told me they're going to come, and they still haven't come. They haven't got any help. The money that I raised got, like, $700 in materials, and I got some guys to build the man's house that was living in my house um, to rebuild some of his stuff. Um, the government still hasn't been here. Now, we 
they 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 I have electricity and water. Um, I'm okay. As my the people who um houses blew away that don't have anything. And there's still a lot of people without electricity or water. Um the the kids who I've adopted, their family that they get to see on the that was adopted out from, the grandparents they get to go see, they didn't have electricity until a couple months ago. And people are still dying. They're still like in these camps, like in these cots with the water leaking on them and they're they're still dying. They're still dying. They're still like people dying every day and there's nothing being done about it crazy and there's like but the really weird thing about it was right when it happened the hotels were open but not the hospitals like your family was dying and they tell you not to bring them in just to bury them in your yard like could you imagine this happening in LA like or in anywhere in the US and we're part of the US like it's crazy it's crazy so for me to have been able to do what I did and, and to live through that and and just the ridiculousness of it, like, and, and to, 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 to be there on that stage and to, and, and hang that flag. And I had the pride of Puerto Rico on my back and, and I still didn't give up. The ref had to stop me. They had to stop that fight. I was still fighting. I was still moving and he, he stopped it. Um, but, uh, yeah. So now there's, there's no excuses. I, I, I get to see the full potential. I get to experience myself. At my full potential. Like the only way that I can have explained this before, but it's such a good way for me to put this is I match a held are you? Me? I'm thirty-eight. Oh wow, you look great. No, thank you. But some people always hold their weight age well too. Um so could you imagine at thirty-eight years old, all the wisdom that you have getting to go back to high school and doing it all over again. That's how I feel. I've had I fought I think eleven years they've been fighting professionally. So I have all these years of all everything I've done, everything I've seen, everything I've competed, all of everything. And now I have this body that can keep up. And I always thought it was like different things. I did everything perfect. I was such a perfectionist. Like I'd be in training camp with Beck. I'd be in training camp with all these other people doing everything like more strict than them, training more than them, but not getting any results. And it was, now I know it was the blood. I didn't have the oxygen. I didn't even, like even in my brain, things make better sense. Things click. I see it clear. So now I get to experience that, and I get to come to my full potential. And I get to do it in Japan. Your opponent, she is a highly touted prospect, a great wrestler. You also have been deep, deep into the wrestling, preparing for uh, the Olympics. What is the X factor in this matchup? You know, you go, you're going in with your full potential, like you just mentioned. What is the X factor for you? I don't think anybody's really been able to see me at my full potential. It's going to be really hard to get ready for me, number one. Like, I'm not even sure what somebody's going to say I'm good at. I, haven't, I didn't show very well in my UFC fights. Um, I guess I could just say I'm tough. I can take a punch. So I think it's going to be hard for her to prepare for me. Um, now I, my cardio is my weapon. Before it wasn't. Uh, I, I, I'm a veteran. I don't know. How old is she? I've been fighting, I think, like, since she was in grade school. Yeah. Um, which can work against some people. I mean, younger, you know, you're an athlete. But, I mean, if you look at it, look at who's always dominated in the UFC or in championships. It's always kind of the older people, the, the people in their prime. So I feel like I have that, that um, I'm, I'm a veteran of the sport. I've been in it for a long time. 
I think I had almost triple the amount of fights I heard or something, or I, I, some, I had a lot of fights. Uh, so I just feel like it's going to be a hard night for her. Um, and I think I might be a little bit bigger than her. I'm not sure, but I know they don't cut a lot of weight. So I, I gained a lot of muscle back. It seems like it. It looks like it. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> Going over to Japan, they're more focused on the the fight, not really wins and losses. Is it is it a different approach for you to go to into a promotion like this compared to the UFC where you have to win? I didn't really think of it like this, honestly. So this is like news to me right now. Um Honestly, like that's not really something in my head. I'm just so excited to perform like with this with my my blood fix. Um, it's still not even 100%. I, I'm not even 50%, and I feel it me. So I'm like, I'm just excited to get to 100%. It's just sucks that I, I had to, it's prolonged. Um, but I'm not really thought of that. I mean, honestly, it's been a long time since I've won a fight. So that really wasn't, just winning has been uh, a goal of mine. So thinking that, I don't really think that far ahead. Honestly, I, I'm very much in the moment. Getting blood transfusion throughout training camp you said you feel the best it's not even 50 percent but has it been something that has hindered you a little bit in your camp um for me for what i get done uh with the with the, with the benadryl that i have to get get it's about five hours wow. five hours so i have to sit there for five and then i'm like so tired afterwards but i just drink some coffee and go straight like now that i have my blood uh fixed Nothing, and then that's why I took, I kept the fight um, before it was because I had fixed my blood when I was um, doing my training camp. I feel like it's, I feel like superhuman because all of a sudden I feel like I have this extra oxygen that I've never had in my life. So all of a sudden now I have the muscle that I lost last time. But I didn't really think I had lost it. I didn't realize it, you know. You and it was really weird the other day. I still got to take this picture. I was looking at my UFC shorts from when I fought Michelle Waterson, and then I was looking at my last one from when I, I fought what's her name. And um, there's a huge difference. I was tiny. I was smaller than my 12-year-old daughter, which she's wearing right now. She can't even fit into it. But nobody could have told me not to fight. I would have still fought. Whatever. You also, during your time in Puerto Rico, have opened a new gym, Team La Perla. Am I saying that right? Yes. Perla, La Perla, yeah. La Perla, okay. Uh, could you talk about the team uh, you have created there? Yeah, well, okay. So, um, I can't take all the credit. Mm. Uh, the guy, the main boxing coach, he we started the gym. It was just like in the basketball court uh, while we were building. Um, so, the main guy is the boxing coach, Miguel Cotto, from where he was at, his gym, Baidoa, in, in, in Caguas, Puerto Rico. Um this man named Gabriel, my boxing coach, was the main coach there for eight or nine years. So I stole him. He's now our boxing coach. And all the guys who were there left to come here. And these guys travel over an hour a day just to come train, which is unheard of. There's over 500 boxing clubs. There's a boxing club in every neighborhood. And it only takes an hour and a half to get across the island in one direction. So it's unheard of. That's how good this guy is. Like, some people would switch and go over there, and they win all five, six of their fights under him with knockouts. And then when he left, he started losing. So they know what to do. So they came to us, and um, 
we started signing fighters and we have a bunch turned pro under us because these guys have had like over a hundred amateur fights under him. So they followed him. And so now we've got a huge team of boxers in a very short period of time. He's a very young boxing coach to be doing this. We just had a good bunch of, we had a good victories in Florida this week for our team. Uh, and we have an amateur boxing team. My daughter's had five fights under us. Um, she competes boxing and jujitsu. My other two do jujitsu too. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of boxing. We have some high, very high level jujitsu people. It's pretty interesting. I have such a beautiful, beautiful spot that people want to come to me. I don't have to go anywhere. You've trained all over the world, you know, in Thailand, in the States. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. And now oh, yeah. you are in Puerto Rico and they just had an earthquake and the, you know, the country is in devastation. The the type of atmosphere. Hurricane. hurricane. We had oh, a hurricane. Sorry. Hurricane. Uh, um, the, the, the country, uh, what is it? The athletes that you have at your gym, is there a different type of hunger that co- they come in with compared to other places around the world? I would definitely say yes, and that was part of the reason that I moved here was the passion that they have for the for the sport. Um, I'd say we're definitely way more spoiled in the U.S. and compared to Thailand. I mean, those guys are happy with the uh, they sleep on the dirt floors, you know, in Thailand, and they don't even have hot showers, and they're the happiest people in the world, and they don't have anything. Um, so also here, these guys, they work all day long and they train in the morning. They work all day long. So construction, all of our guys work construction on our team. We got them all hooked up with it. Um, we actually, the people who, investors who, what's really cool, the investors who built the gym, who have been donated a lot of the stuff, not even investors, they just donated, um, own a construction company. And five of our fighters work for them. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who got them the jobs with it. During the hurricane, after the hurricane, there was no job. So we helped our fighters get these jobs and all this. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, the whole thing that's worked out. But um, I forgot what your original question was. The hunger of the Oh, fighters. yeah, they are Yeah, they're just, it reignited something for me out here. The, the, the hunger, how they're just, they do it. And just for the love, for the passion, for no other reason for that. And, and it's a the island here, like I said. So every boxing gym is free. Nobody pays. We don't charge anybody either. But we don't get paid. The government doesn't help us out. They don't give us money. But the government pays for all these boxing gyms. And they pay the trainers. Paying trainers get paid like teachers. Boxing gym, they don't have to pay for the, the property. And it's in every neighborhood. There's a few not boxing gyms. So uh, it's a huge part of the culture. Like it is in Thailand. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting that it's such 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 a big part of the culture and the way the government pays for it. Because in the States, you can't walk into a boxing gym and train for free. Everything's free. The only way you start making money is when you turn pro and you start having a lot of fights. Um, so, yeah, I just, the passion for it. I love it out here. People are die hard, and they just, um, my coach, my, my jiu-jitsu coach, his name is Manny Ray. He's the one that brought jiu-jitsu to Puerto Rico. Uh, he loves the MMA. Like the other day, I'm training with him. I punched him, and he starts smiling. Like I looked at him. I'm like, this guy's crazy, but he loves it. Like you hear him talking. About, like he was. He's old school. Old school was back with Hoyas, getting him ready for UFC one. Mm-hmm. He's he's like that. Also, uh, he's just he loves it, and, and just um, the he. We don't even have a sign at our gym. His gym. Jiu-Jitsu gym doesn't have a sign. He teaches the MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, our gym. We don't even have a sign. It's not commercial. It's not for that. It's just for the 
for the samurai spirit. <laughs> it's for that the warrior. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with the applause. It's all about the fight. It's all about the the, the spiritual aspect, the warrior aspect of it. You stated earlier that you are living in the moment. Is Ryzen the promotion that you are going to fight for for the next couple of years? Is that the plan? I, I yeah, you know, I I like I don't know. Let's see how they treat me. No, no, no. They've been wonderful. I really like them, uh, and I can't wait to get to Japan. I would love to. I think I'm a good fit. I'm a good match. Um, I'll be honest with you, and I think and I want to. I think I'm going to show it. I'm going to do a little screenshot and show the world how you get shit done. Uh, I messaged Ryzen myself, actually. They were my first pick. Very, and I had other people messaging. And lots of, I, was, I was in conversations with lots of different organizations, but I picked Ryzen. It was the first one that I decided. And I messaged. I said, hey, I want to be the queen of Ryzen. What do you think? And that's what I messaged them. And the rest is history. That's awesome. You know, I guess you got to go out there and get what you want. If you're a fighter, you can't just sit back and expect, you know, promotions to come after you, huh? I've never had a manager. I've gone every one of my fights. I I, I mean, I can show you every message of them fight promotions. I'm feisty (laughs) and I get get everything I want in life. I mean, I got a gym on the ocean. Uh, these these properties are millions of dollars. Donald Trump tried to come and buy each property for millions. People won't sell out. I was donated the property. I was donated the oh, materials, the work. I mean, I get everything I want in life. I get to, like, yeah, everybody can be like, oh, you didn't win your fight. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Motherfucker, I fought. I got to live my dream. I've been traveling the world for the last 11 years as a single mom. Uh... I, I living my life, I'm happy. Like just because I didn't win the fight, not somebody has to lose. Like just because I didn't win the fight, or because I'm not successful in your eyes, in most people's eyes, for not winning is like for me, my success is just getting in that cage and fighting after the life I've had, after the shit I gone through. Ooh, the fact that I can live my dreams and and, and get paid to do that. Ooh, wow, I'm I'm happy. There is no question that you have been through a lot in the past couple of years. Uh, the fucked up thing is, is it's like, that was like the beginning of my life. My I've come from, I mean, I was born addicted to heroin. My mom was a heroin addict. I like, I had some horrendous things I went through as a child. Um, you know, I, and then I, you know, I, single mom, just heroin addict parents, hard, it was a hard life. And then as soon as I became an adult, life got way easier. And it's just like, these different things keep coming at me, but, um. I'm happy. I see. I. I'm. I'm so happy. I love my life. I'm in love with my life, and I always have been. I don't. I don't look at it as bad. One question. Last question. The cyborg situation. She completed her anger management courses, and it says that she got all her charges dropped. What do you think about this situation? Is it still going on, or what's happening with it? Um, there's still the civil aspect that has not been dealt with. Uh, there's two years that we have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, I suggested I should take anger management. Uh, the woman has a lot of steroid use. And so I felt that some anger management would be good so that she wouldn't have to, you know, get so crazy, um, on other people like she did me and, and abuse them and possibly jeopardize 
her freedom. So I did the favor to her and had, gave her some ear magic. And so she finished them. I dropped the charges. And now she just has to pay be responsible for the medical bills. All right. August 12th, Ryzen 12th. It's going to be great to see you fight again. It's your long return. You said that you are the best version of yourself that can be. Yeah. So let's see what happens. Oh, I'm so excited. And I'm a little stumped. Like, all these medicals and all this stupid shit I've been dealing with. Um, I haven't really taken much time to think about what I'm going to weigh in in. But I sure seen what Ray Nakai weighed in. <laughs> I've never seen that. I never seen that. So I was looking for, um, look, like scouting my girl. Wait, do you know much about the weigh-ins in, the, in Japan? Well, I used you the, watch them. Like, it's very that was, loose. That was easy, right? It's very loose. That's all I could really that, say. That was really crazy though. Like that, I, I thought like was that really over the? It's, that's over the top in the U.S. But am I wrong for thinking the Japanese are more modest? Well, or is that not? It, well, they are more modest. Asian countries are usually more modest, more conservative. But when it's a show, the rules are sense. different. And Rin Nakai, she's famous for doing, you know, over-the-top outfits. So I'm thinking that if or you want to do the like same thing, online. why not? Yeah, but for weigh-ins, has she always done that? For weigh-ins are just like those videos that she does. Oh, she's always been like that. She's always oh, had okay. the crazy outfits and... The revealing, you know, clothes. So yeah. it's no big deal. And I'm hey, and every person that goes there, they are free to do what they want. You know, as long as it's not offensive. You know, as long as you're not t attacking anybody, they let you do what you want to do. So I'm kind of at a loss for what I should do because we've just had this like strict uniform policy all these, like for the last three years. I've been doing four years, you know. So now I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? I don't even know what I'm gonna do yet. Probably something fun. Oh, definitely. You know, and I'm looking walk out, forward I, to I'm it. I'm making that fun. You know, Darren Crookshank, he's 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 got that whole American thing going on when he goes over there. So you know, now everybody knows him as the American guy. You know, walk out to the Hulk Hogan theme song and everything. I know that. I like Darren, but I didn't know that. That's weird. I'll have to well, check it out. Well, you you know you'll figure something out. And uh, thank you for your time, Angela. And uh, good luck to you. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good night.